Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Thanks for joining us. This week we're going to learn all about fiction and nonfiction. What is the difference between the two? Do you know? Well, if you don't know, by the end of this episode, I promise you, you will understand. So in Conchetta's school, she began the beginning of the school year learning all about fiction and what fiction is. And now she's learning all about nonfiction and what that is. So I thought, what a great thing to do here on the podcast for you guys as well. So we're going to take one subject, a cow, the subject of a cow, you know, like moo, a cow. And we are going to read a fictional story about a cow and a non-fictional story about a cow so you can understand the difference. So I'll tell you quickly that fiction is imaginary. It's a story made up, Cinderella, the story of Spider-Man, a story you invent in your head with imaginary characters and, and things like that. That is fictional. A non-fictional story is something based in fact, in truths. So it could be all about the history of Egyptians and pyramids or a factual story on who built the tallest skyscraper in the world. Those are non-fictional stories, okay? And I, like I said, we're going to talk about a cow and learn about a cow through fiction and through non-fiction. And then you'll understand the difference, I promise, okay? So just hang in here after a few clips and shout outs and things, and we'll get into the two different stories. And we'll talk about them at the end. Hey guys, it's shout out time. We have a huge shout out going all the way to Stockport, England. And these special listeners have been listening to us for years now. We gave a shout out to Sarah, who's a big girl now and doesn't really listen as much. We understand that. Conchetta's getting big also. But her little brother, Patrick, listens all the time and would love a shout out for his fifth birthday, which is December 11th. So, Conchetta, what do we say to Patrick? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Patrick. Thank you so much for listening to us and to your mommy for reaching out, Liz. We hope you have a great and wonderful fifth birthday. That's a huge birthday. And thank you for listening to us for all these years. We really appreciate it. Happy birthday, Patrick. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Woo! The Tax Collector's Cow by U.G. Foster Art by Jennifer Hewittston In the evening, the tax collector came pounding at the door. Anoa should have been dreaming beside her sisters, but her eyes were wide open and her heart pattered restlessly in her chest. 
Mama and Papa scurried to bring the tax collector hot apple cider and hearty bean soup, hoping to soften his heart. But though he drank the steaming cider and ate the hot spicy soup, his eyes remained as hard as two chips of granite. Anua saw all of this from her hiding spot beneath the stairs. She had crept, quiet as a whisper, into the shadows to listen and watch. Good sir, Mama said, surely you can see how poor we are. We have nothing to pay you with. The tax collector guzzled his cider, wiping the drips from his mouth with the back of his hand. If you are so poor, how can you buy cider? Taint bought, Papa said. Tis made from apples from our tree. The tax collector slurped his soup and flung the empty bowl down. If you're so poor, he said, how can you buy the cream that thickens this soup? Taint bought neither, Papa said. Wine it, our cow blesses us with it. The tax collector's eyes flashed with greed. Since you have no money to pay your taxes, I'll take your cow. No, please, Mama wailed. Wine it gives us milk to feed our three daughters and manure to fertilize our fields and apple tree. Without her, we'll go hungry. That is not my concern, the tax collector said. You owe money, and I must collect it. With his meal finished, he lurched to his feet and marched out the door. Mama and Papa trailed behind him, miserable and silent. Anua did not follow them. Instead, she raced back to her tiny bedroom and shook her sisters awake. Get up, you lump of beds, Anua cried. The tax collector has come to steal our cow. Tadita, her younger sister, was quick to rise. But her older sister, Shadi, was not so eager. Tadita had already laced up her shift and was pulling on her boots while Shadi was still rubbing her eyes. What can we do? Shadi said, her voice thick with sleep. We will get our cow back, Anua said. How? I have a plan, Anua replied. But it needs three wakeful sisters, not two alert and one sleep muddled. I'm awake, Shadi pulled on her shift. What now? The sisters' dark eyes flashed excitedly in the silvery moonlight as Anua explained her plan. They smiled at her cleverness. As soon as their boots drummed to the ground, they ran out the door and after the tax collector. Tadita was the fastest runner, so she scampered ahead. She ducked behind the shrubs and the trees so the tax collector wouldn't see her and doubled back to appear to be a traveler meeting him by chance on the road. Greetings, good sir. Tadita called. On your way back from the river with freshly scrubbed linens, I see. 
The tax collector scowled. I'm no washerwoman, you foolish girl. Tadida laughed. Oh, I see you are not, sir. But why then are you dragging a donkey along behind you? Are you serious? It's a cow. Surely you're a wise man, Tadida said. And I am just a country girl. But I know a donkey and I know a cow. And that, sir, is a donkey. And she darted away. Tadita had delayed and distracted the tax collector long enough for her sisters to take their places. At the next bend in the road, Shadi approached the man with a curtsy. That's a fine pig you have there, sir, she said. Are you taking it to the butcher? The tax collector stared at her. Are you daft, girl? This isn't a pig. This is a cow. Shadi chuckled. Now, sir, surely you are playing a joke on me, and a clever one at that. A cow? Why, a piggier pig I have never set my eyes upon. A cow? Laughing, she left the tax collector gaping after her, confused. The man continued down the road, dragging Wynette behind him. He glanced back at her frequently, as though afraid she might turn into some strange creature. So when Anua addressed him, he leaped in surprise. By gosh, girl, you frightened me. Oh, I'm sorry, said Anua. I was just wondering if you were the calling man for the traveling carnival to come play for the children. What? Why would you think that? I couldn't think how otherwise you would have that fierce lion parading behind you. Lion? This is no lion, but a cow. Cows don't have sharp teeth and white fangs and fiery eyes, Anna was said, shaking her head. Nor tawny manes and deadly claws. No, sir. I know a lion when I see one, and if you believe him to be a cow, then I best be on my way before he gets hungry. Anua dashed away in pretended fear. She met up with her sisters. The three watched the tax collector from behind a boulder on the roadside. The poor man stared so hard at the cow that the girls thought his eyes might bulge from his head. Surely you are a demon beast to take on different forms, and I want nothing more to do with you. So, saying, he dropped the rope and ran away, never to be seen again. Wynette, being a good-natured cow, calmly watched his retreating rump with her soft brown eyes. Anoa skipped up and took the rope, and she and her sisters led wine at home, where Mama and Papa were glad to see them all. The end. <coughs> Journey to the Center of the Rumen by Sarah Mullen Gilbert 
Imagine your favorite food. It smells wonderful. You take a bite, chew, and swallow. In your stomach, digestive juices break down the food. Nutrients are released that give you energy. That favorite food you pictured was probably not grass, and for good reason. Humans don't eat grass because the digestive juices in our stomachs cannot break it down. But some animals' stomachs are built for the job. Animals called ruminants have stomachs with four different compartments to digest tough plant fibers. To ruminants like cows, deer, bison, gazelles, and giraffes, a grassy field is an all-you-can-eat buffet. The key to grass gobbling success is the rumen, the first of the four stomach compartments. A cow lassos a mouthful of plants with its tongue. It chews until the plant pieces are all small enough to swallow. The plants, or forage, land in the rumen, a warm, dark vat. The rumen of an adult cow can hold up to 50 gallons of food. That is big enough to fill the gas tanks of three cars. Picture having all the food you ate in an entire day clumped together in your stomach, waiting to be digested. It smells like wet soil after a rainstorm mixed with rotten broccoli. Mmm, delicious! Newly swallowed food lands on a mat of thick green gunk called the fiber mat, the rumen's middle layer. The fiber mat floats on the liquid that fills the bottom layer of the rumen. The liquid is home to billions of microbes, living things like bacteria and fungi that are too tiny to see with our eyes. They do the hard work of starting to digest all that plant food. As the microbes work, gas is produced, which fills the rumen's top layer. When the rumen gets too full of gas, the animal must release it, usually by burping. The cow's rumen produces up to 13 gallons of gas every hour. That's a lot of burps and farts too. After the animal eats a big meal and fills its rumen, it's time to rechew all that food into smaller pieces. This is known as rumination. Balls of food, called cud, move back up the throat and into the mouth where the ruminant chews them again. Because the food has been in the rumen, it is softer and wetter when it comes back up. Most ruminants chew their cud while lying down and resting. Chewing their cud takes up about a third of their entire day. To push the smaller, twice-chewed food to the next part of the stomach, the ruminant contracts or moves back and forth, side to side, one to three times every minute. Surfing on the waves of the liquid layer, any pieces that are small enough to move into the recticulum, the second stomach section. 
Anything that's too big stays in the rumen to be further broken down by the microbes or even chewed again. The recticulum looks like it's lined with a honeycomb. The small hexagons that catch things that the animal may have accidentally swallowed that would harm the rest of the stomach and digestive system. They also sort out any food pieces that are still too big. The food then moves to the amasum, where lots of water gets absorbed. And then finally, it's on its way to the abomasum, which breaks down food using stomach acid. The abomasum is similar to our human stomachs. The next time you see a grassy field, think of the amazing ruminant stomach. And even though humans don't have rumens, you can still ruminate. Thinking about something carefully for a long time is also called rumination. But you don't have to cough up cud to do it. The end. Have you guys ever heard of a purple cow? <laughs> Do you know what a purple cow is? So in America, a purple cow is a flavor for a milkshake, a very famous milkshake that was inspired by a poem called The Purple Cow. This poem was published in the 1890s by the poet Gellert Burgess, and it's a short little poem. It goes like this, The Purple Cow. I never saw a purple cow, I never hoped to see one, but I can tell you anyhow, I'd rather see than be one. And from that poem, people love so much, inspired a flavor for a milkshake. They don't really know who or how it started, but it seems like it started in the San Francisco Bay Area where this poet was from. And ice cream parlors started making these special milkshakes using grape juice and ice cream. And I can vouch for the fact that they are delicious because I worked for 10 years in an ice cream parlor in my youth every single summer. And we were one of the only places in the state of New Jersey that made purple cows. So I can promise you they're good. But if you can't find a place that makes purple cows, you can make them at home with your parents' help. I'm going to tell you how to do it. So you're going to need a cup of milk. Whatever kind of milk your family drinks, cow milk, soy milk, rice milk, nut milk, oat milk, whatever your family drinks, that's what you need. One cup of it. You're going to need a six ounce can of frozen grape juice concentrate. So you're going to have your parents go to the store to the frozen food section in the where there are all frozen fruits and stuff and find a six ounce can of frozen grape juice concentrate. If you can't find that where you live, your parents can freeze cubes of actual grape juice, okay? But the concentrate is really best because it's really, really super grape flavored. And then you're going to need two cups of vanilla ice cream. That can be regular ice cream. It can be vanilla yogurt, frozen yogurt, or it can be a frozen dessert, non-dairy. But vanilla and it has to be frozen, okay? You're going to have your parents help you. Blend it all in a, in a blender, nice and smooth, and pour it into the, a glass. You can put um, whipped cream on top or not, but that's it. It's pretty simple, and I promise you it's a delicious flavor, and it's bright purple when you drink it. They're so much fun. It's called a purple cow milkshake. 
Try it with your family, guys. I am going to go out and buy some myself because Conchetta has never tasted a purple cow. And like I said, I have. So I thought, you know what? We're going to do it. So this weekend, we're going to make some purple cows. All right, guys. Have fun. So you guys just listened to two very different stories about the same thing, a cow, right? One of those stories was fiction and one of those stories was nonfiction. Do you know which one was fiction and which was nonfiction? You can talk about it with the people that are around you, your parents or your caregivers, adults, even your siblings, whoever's there. Let's decide, okay? So the first story we read or we listened to was called The Tax Collector's Cow, right? The tax collector comes in. He's mean. He's greedy. He took the, the poor family's last thing they had, which was this cow, right? And the sisters came up with a plan to get him back. The second story we read was called A Journey to the Center of the Rumen. That was all about how cows can eat grass, they have four different stomachs, and they can digest it, all about how that works. Now, even though they were both about a cow, one is fiction, one is nonfiction. I'll give you a few seconds to decide. Do, re- do you remember what fiction is? So fiction is fairy tale, imaginary, a made-up story, usually sometimes to tell ty- some type of moral or lesson, Okay. Non-fictional is things that are fact, things that actually happen, okay? To be informative, to, to share information, factual information, okay? Here we go. So the tax collector's cow is fiction. It is fairy tale. It did not really happen, but it's a story told to children to teach them a moral, which the moral of that story would be don't be a greedy tax collector and have some empathy for people, right? The story, A Journey to the Center of the Rumen, is non-fictional. That is also a funny, interesting story, but it's true. It's about how cows digest, how they have four different stomachs, how we can't eat grass. And this is all true factual information that you read in school, like science, things like that. So you can learn things about the world. So those are the difference between the two. And now you guys are experts. So the next time you hear a book, you can decide if it's fictional or non-fictional and tell the people around you. And I promise they'll be so impressed with you that you know the difference. Okay? I hope you guys enjoyed these two stories and now understand fiction and non-fiction even better. Thanks. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Please make sure your parents are subscribing so that you can be notified every time we release a new episode. Share us with your friends and family. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. You can even send us a private message for those shout outs. Or you can have your parents email us at sleepyheadstories at gmail.com. Send us shout outs that way. We love sharing books and stories with you guys. We love that you listen in each week, each time we release an episode. And we wish you the best day or the best night. Take care, guys. <laughs>